The Cleveland Browns saw a resurgence in their wide receiver room in 2022. With Deshaun Watson scheduled for a full season in 2023, the Browns still have some work to do in that room, even with the success from 2022. One of the biggest questions probably involves where the future lies with Donovan Peoples-Jones. We'll get to all that more. Your latest Lockdown Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith in the house for the ride. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore, joining me today from Browns Digest through Sports Illustrated, Pete Smith, at underscore Pete Smith underscore, we're going to get into the wide receiver position room today. Uh, just some things here. Obviously, as always, we appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen every single day. Whether it is here on YouTube, of course, on your favorite podcast platform, or of course, you got Roku. Go ahead and search Lockdown Cleveland Sports. You will find the Lockdown Browns podcast, the Lockdown Guardians podcast, Lockdown Cavaliers, and of course, G. Bush and the crew over at the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Getting into this with the Browns wide receiver room and there was a lot of success in 2022. And I think one of the things that you take away from that wide receiver room in 2022 is just the easiness of the season, the lack of headaches, you know, things that we have dealt with in the past within that wide receiver room. Uh, Amari Cooper was a breath of fresh air just coming in here, a guy who just goes about his business day in, day out, no fanfare, nothing extra. Uh, not like most of the wide receivers we're accustomed to in the NFL. Amari Cooper, very, very solid addition. The emergence in year three of Donovan Peoples-Jones, absolutely impressive. And I think the thing, and this is probably where you get to any conversation you're having about this wide, Browns wide receiver room going forward in 2023, is where is the commitment level to Donovan Peoples-Jones? One year left on the contract, slated to make just a little over $1 million here. Uh, this is a guy we put a lot of growth together uh his 2022 season by far his best football season ever this is you know why you gamble on guys who have an athletic upside on day three why you bring them into the fold and i think more impressively for donovan people's jones and the way his success went in 2022 pete is the fact that you're talking about a guy who you know basically split his season 11 games with one quarterback six obviously with another um, but we got to see, you know, a big, big spike here. You know, there had been talk in summers past about how great Donovan Peoples-Jones had been performing in training camp. Uh, never really came to fruition in 2021. Not really the opportunity, so to speak, for him to get that opportunity. But 2022, as your full-on wide receiver, too, uh, uh, nothing to disappoint from number 11. No, he, he's gotten better. He's getting better every year. There's no reason to think he won't continue to get better. Uh, he's 23 years old. Uh, he is everything the Browns seem to want in that position. The Browns play a power offense, and they in within that power offense, they've got a bunch of 6'2 and change, 200-plus pound receivers who can 
beat you with strength as much as they can speed and everything else. And Donovan Peoples-Jones this year really started to own his body more and just bully people. Uh, people can complain that he doesn't get as much separation as you'd prefer. Fine, but he catches the ball and he's gotten better and more confident with the ball in his hands. And I think, you know, you, you go to that Bengals game on Halloween and I think that sort of unlocked something in him that he sort of started trusting himself. I think if you go back to 2021, um, fumble scared the crap out of him. Um, and I think he was worried that I think he played like a guy who thought if I fumble, they're going to put me on the bench. I think this past year he did fumble. Uh, but for whatever reason, he sort of was confident in the fact that he wasn't going to get benched or anything like that. And, just sort of trusted himself, and you saw a much more advanced player uh, throughout the season. Uh, I agree with you, and you know, one of the things that you know while he was at Michigan, you know, we were just talking about a guy who was a great, great athlete. You know, transitioning and trying to improve his game as a true, true wide receiver. Um, you know, was a good punt returner at Michigan. This is something we didn't see. We saw struggles with first couple of years. Obviously, you know, to your credit and your point, certainly a little bit of an issue for Donovan, but you go to the Houston game this year. Now he's a guy who's a lot more confident in the player. He is a lot more confident in the contributions he's giving to his team. And you get that pump return against Houston where he takes it to the house. You, you know, you start to see, you know, basically the maturity, the confidence in craft, uh, understanding the work that you put in the diligence that you put in and the effort that it is giving you as far as, you know, rewards production on the field. Now, it gets a little tricky here because, you know, of some of the bigger extensions the Browns have done under this regime, you know, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, both offseason ones, in-season ones, Nick Chubb, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller. The only difference, Pete, with Donovan compared to some of these other guys is basically the resume of work. You know, for Donovan, right now, you're basically basing it on one year of really, really good production. There's no question about it. And I'm not denying Donovan that in one way whatsoever. You see the projection path that he has taken from a rookie to a guy finishing year three as a confident, much more, you know, player with solid contributions, a guy that can be counted on. The Browns started to use him in different ways, whether it was catching a touchdown out of the backfield, uh, second game against the Baltimore Ravens. Is it time to put the paper here, Pete, to extend Donovan? And if it is, what's the number that works right now for Donovan's camp as they're probably thinking maybe year four with 17 games of Deshaun Watson, the production can pick up for him. Where is basically the common ground here if the Browns, if Donovan Peoples-Jones want to get this wrapped up before next season kicks off? I think it is uh... – the smart move to extend him now. I think that number's probably around 12 million average. Uh, and I think it benefits the Browns to do it now for the reasons of they want to avoid, or I should say they want to get him in before the cap spikes. Um, that's coming. I, I, I think they, they also want to lock up a, a weapon for Deshaun Watson over these next four years. This is critical for him. Uh, you know, and on top of everything else that you've got about Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's sort of the ultimate program player. Uh, they've got other guys who have been sort of great representations of what the team wants, have gotten better, uh, but maybe not are, are, are sort of you know, cornerstone type players. Um, 
whereas Donovan Peoples Jones has that capacity. I, you know, he's never going to be, he's probably never going to be a top, top, top receiver. But what he is going to be is very good for what the Browns want to do. And I, I think the Browns have been very good at sort of identifying guys that they believe are going to be here for the long haul and are the right people to build around. And I've seen nothing to suggest that Donovan Peoples Jones isn't that guy. And if, you know, you, you sort of want to take a look at the way they handled David Njoku, it wouldn't surprise me if they have a similar feeling with Donovan Peoples Jones, or even if they, with, with Njoku who hadn't really broken out, so to speak, they still said, no, this is a guy who's going to be able to figure this out. Uh, people criticized that extension. It turned out to be really, really smart on their part. I think they're going to take a similar pr approach with Donovan Peoples Jones. And, and I think the environment we find ourselves in terms of where outside help is coming is one more reason that it sort of behooves the Browns to say, let's go ahead and let, knock this out. One of the reasons you try to, you know, draft players at a younger age, one of the reasons, you know, you uh, put in the thought process that, you know, you were going to get players to improve. You were going to get players on a greater path to improve. Uh, so for Donovan, I mean, this is, you know, the route he's taken and, you know, a former sixth round pick, obviously athletically should have never been drafted there. Obviously there were questions about his game. You know, a lot of it could be, you know, attributed to, you know, Michigan at the time. Um, for me, I just think most likely for Donovan, just basing this on some trends is maybe it's in season. I don't know. But for the Browns right now, uh, the last thing you want to disrupt is anything between Deshaun Watson, David Njoku, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yes, we're going to assess the rest of those rooms. Yes, we're going to see where maybe some improvement can come in. But, you know, making sure that Donovan Peoples-Jones is here for the mainstay. You cultivate players like this. You have them step up the way Donovan did. You, you know, reward said player. And you also reward yourself by keeping the player in the fold. We're going to get to the rest of the wide receiver room here as we move on here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your latest Locked on Browns. AFC NFC Championship Weekend is here. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Look, guys, I've been seeing you on social media. Seeing how all active you Ohio folks are. Seven, eight bets involved in one game. Who scores the first touchdown? Does said running back over 75 yards? Does a player like Travis Kelsey catch 10 passes? All these things you can do all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook, partner of the NFL. We continue here, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your latest Locked On Browns, discussing the wide receiver room, where it is currently, where it is 
headed. Pete, we have the two constants here, obviously, with Amari Cooper, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. But then there's a lot of, I would say, uncertainty. You know, Anthony Schwartz, year two, who obviously didn't work the way, you know, for Anthony Schwartz. And, you know, Anthony did difficult, difficult spot here now where he's having issues as far as, you know, his mind mental, which is always a difficult spot to go through. David Bell, Michael Woods, the two rookies from last year, some contribution from both, not great enough, I would say, to cement either one of them into a role. You brought in a guy like Jalen Darden in the year. There was a nice little moment for Dalen Baldwin uh, against the Ravens uh, in the home game in December. Then you get also to you know, Jakeen Grant. Where does he fit into all of this? Uh, but the state of the room as it is, Pete, I, I think the pecking order one, two is set, but the uncertainty, you know, there's no clarity as far as the way the rest of that room works out. There's a bunch of guys in the fold, but for right now, I don't think the Browns truly know the West, re, the rest of the way the rest of that room currently stands and where it works out, you know, come September. It's difficult to say because they had Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and David Njoku. So when you have those guys, you didn't need to throw the ball to David Bell 60 times this year. You didn't need to throw the ball to some of these other guys. And yet, from all indications, they really like Michael Woods. They really like Anthony Schwartz. I know that's not a popular thing, but they do like Anthony Schwartz. Uh, they like some of these guys, and I'm not suggesting that they're going to necessarily stand pat because they're competent, though, but they do have a lot of options. And I think because they have players who have been effective, it sort of allowed those guys to develop at their own pace. Additionally, God bless Jacoby Brissett. He is a guy, it takes him a while to trust targets. Uh, and you saw this with DPJ this year. Early in the year, he was open quite a few times, and you're sitting there going, why isn't he throwing the ball? Even, even times where he turned down an open receiver to try to force the ball to Mari Cooper. Now, as that moved along, Brissett sort of trusted DPJ, and you saw more of that. Then when Watson came in, Watson certainly has preferences, but he is more of a, if you're open, I'm going to, uh, and I think you saw a little bit more of that when he was in the lineup, uh, you know, obviously not a receiver, but somebody I think saw the ball more with Watson was, was Harrison Bryant. Uh, I think he was better with Deshaun Watson. So I think there's a couple things that suggest that those things are going to improve, but the fact is the Browns have about five, six receivers uh, beyond behind Cooper and DPJ that are all in there that can sort of compete for a role and reps and opportunities and everything else, which is which is where you want to be. Um, meanwhile, it sort of ensures them if they can't find a way to improve. There's a lot there, and you know, and this is where it's going to get difficult for the decisions they have to make because obviously, you know, they have to see what in fact truly works with Deshaun Watson. They have guys that they think have good speed and could be the ability to get deep. Hasn't been consistent enough that it's going to swing the thing, you know, swing decisions one way or another. 
you know, Amari, you know what you have. Donovan, I think you have a pretty good eye, you know, idea of what you have in Donovan with maybe even a little bit more still to come. You know, Donovan topped out about 900 yards. You got to think there's a potential there, you know, for thousand yard capability. If the jump is made that you think is coming, Pete, that I believe truly needs to come where, you know, and everybody with the, you know, run Nick Chubb, run Nick Chubb, run Nick Chubb. And that's fantastic. Nick Chubb is a fantastic running back. But you, you know, look at, you know, what goes on in this league, what succeeds in this league, you know, who is playing on Sunday in championship games. It's time to open it up here. And, you know, your Nick Chubb over usage or your Nick Chubb 20 carries or plus 20 carries, that should come in games where, you know, you have the lead. You're closing out the game late in games. This offense needs to shift. And it will shift because you don't hand a quarterback $238 million guaranteed to basically be the designated handoff to Nick Chubb. Listen, the, the perfect world is that the Browns get their passing offense to where Nick Chubb starts averaging six yards a tote. Uh, and he needs 15, 16, 17 carries to do what he does. He does them against lighter boxes. He's more effective. He gets more touches there in the passing game that avoid some of those hits and not, not to mention he's, you know, avoiding four five, six defenders because he's getting the ball behind them. Um, I hate the discussion of this, this pass versus run. The reality is if the offense is better, the offense has more yardage, uh, then everybody's going to be happy and everybody's going to be able to eat. Uh, so th that's the problem is we focus on this. Well, if they, you know, this idea that, well, somehow Nick Chubb will somehow be less valuable or less effective uh, because the Browns pass the ball more. I, I you know, I, I watched that Buffalo-Cincinnati game, and I suspect the Bills would have loved to have Nick Chubb take some pressure off Josh Allen, even if they uh, love to throw the ball. And that's sort of where I think this thing's going to go. And I think Nick Chubb's life is going to get a lot easier. And we're going to see more fourth quarters where Nick Chubb can sort of take over a game, you know, if they get the lead and do some of those other things, and we're going to get back to what it, what it was like in 2020, where Nick Chubb was operating more like a closer as opposed to a starter giving you six quality and then sort of running, running, running low on gas when uh, sort of at the end of the game, and you're having more of a, of a difficulty to finish. And we try to get to this. And I love that you brought up 2020 because this is the point I've been trying to get to. I mean, and you go to that Eagle game that year. There was that Texan game that year where, you know, you saw the recipe for it. Um, you know, the opening up more of throwing the football, You know, that is obviously – it's just going to be the way it's going to trend. I mean, you know, you're not going to go 13-4 and four in this league. You're not going to go 12-5 and five in this league by featuring the run. I mean, it can be a big part of it. And you certainly have the guy who has the capabilities to do it in Nick Chubb. Um, but it's now more of the part of getting to, you know, more of the throwing of the ball and finding basically what's going to be the recipe after David, after Ramari, certainly after Donovan Peoples-Jones and how that all shakes out. Question is, are enough of those bodies currently in the building in Berea? If not, who could they be? How will they come here? Jeff Lloyd. Pete Smith, your latest Locked On Browns. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Again, I want to thank everybody. Makes us your first listen every single day. Your favorite podcast platform, of course, here on YouTube. 
You can find us on Roku as well. Locked on Browns on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Pete, you know, we always get to this part, and I know me and you had it out on social media last night. You know, everybody's craving for information at this point. We're still basically almost a month away from starting to get those ebbs and flow of information. Most of it comes, obviously, NFL Combine. Everybody generates to one area. Now you have your coaches in place. You have your coordinators in place. You start to put your plan in place. Now you start to look at what fits your plan, player personnel-wise. So we do have some time for that here. But, you know, you get the fans who want to bring in a new Hopkins who's two full years older than Amari Cooper. Costs more than Amari Cooper. You know, I don't know if you could get him for a fifth-round pick, but that's not an avenue I'm looking to go here for, obviously. And I think the thing, and we seem to say this a lot with the Browns every time this year when we talk about this and with certain positional groups is you need to get faster. The Browns need to find a way to threaten teams vertically. Whether or not anyone that we believe can truly be that answer, be that difference, is currently here. P is an answer. I just don't have it at this point. Well, look, clearly the Browns want that element. And the reason we know that is because they have about five guys that are specifically geared towards doing that. Anthony Schwartz, speed. Michael Woods, speed. Jakeem Grant, speed. They brought in Jalen Darden off waivers, who is fast. They they signed Marquez Stevenson to the practice squad right before the end of the year, who is a burner coming out of the University of Houston. Clearly, this is something they want. Having said that, it's a real possibility they're not going to be able to upgrade that in a way that anyone would be happy with just by virtue of what the market looks like. Free agency is not very good, or at least looking not to be very good. The trade options, you, you laid out DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, there's Brandon Cooks and, and, and potentially Robert Woods. And, you know, they're not going to be cheap by virtue of the fact that none of the, you know, the Bears are probably going to be more than happy to give up all kinds of stuff to get some of these guys because they have nothing. And if you don't have good free agents and you're sitting there trying to go get, you know, the, the dude out of New England is like the top Jacoby Myers is like the top free agent. That's not where you want to be. And the other part of that is the Browns have never done very well with wide receivers where they've had to go out and chase them and really put too many resources into them. Odell Beckham's a great example. Contrast that against Jarvis Landry, where they sort of that that deal came to them. Or more recently, Amari Cooper for a fifth. That was just a great opportunity for them uh, to pounce on something. And you know, you, you, you look beyond the Browns, the Kansas City Chiefs sort of just found themselves in a situation where they could go, okay, we're going to bring in Kadarius Tony. I think the Browns want to do that. They want to get that proven speed guy, but I don't think they're going to force it. And and I think people have to sort of Understand that, yes, 2023 is very, very important. There's no getting around that. They need to win. But 2023 isn't the only year they, they, they have a chance to be very good. This is going to be 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026. That's four good years. So it may not happen this year. Now, what I would ask you, who was the deep threat on that 2020 offense? We had the same conversations. What did we used to say? It was an arena league it's offense. Canero Hodge. It's Canero Hodge, who's like a practice squad player. Like, look, and people don't like Anthony Schwartz, whatever. If I put Anthony Schwartz out there and he runs really far down the field, the defense is going to be like, oh, screw it. I'm just not going to cover him. And we saw this 
with Hodge in a year where he played like eight games. The difference between having somebody who at least forced you to play back versus not. Kadero Hodge didn't have a ton of production, but just that element is enough. Now, certainly if they can get that where that becomes a productive player and somebody that can help them, it's only going to make things better. But that's the thing. I think the Browns have insulated themselves against the possibility where if they can't do anything, where they, that opportunity does not come to them. And, and this draft class at wide receiver is not doing anything for me at this point. There's some guys that are interesting, but it just, it's not that impressive. Um, that they've got five guys that could potentially be fighting for that job or, or you know, they've got all kinds of options that can sort of make them figure that figure that if, if an option co- op- opportunity comes their way to upgrade and they're going to be able to do what they did to get Amari Cooper. I, I have zero doubt that they will pounce on it, but what does that look like? I mean, we see these ridiculous notions of trading our left tackle for Jerry Judy and this stuff. None of this stuff is realistic. doesn't mean, you know, you, you couldn't find something that works like that likely for a draft pick or something, but it just doesn't look realistic for this year. And I don't think the Browns are going to force it. They're going to use those resources and other things to upgrade the other things on this team, the defense, the defensive line in particular, and then allow themselves to find, find that guy. Uh, You know, if Deshaun Watson improves the way he should, then having Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Njoku should go a very, very long way. And they should be able to find guys can contribute in other ways, uh, whether that's Harrison Bryant. Farrell Brown even caught a couple of balls this year. But I, like I said, I, I think Michael Woods is going to have an opportunity to be able to contribute. And, and you know, he's not a speed guy. But for some reason, Kevin Stefanski wanted, you know, is absolutely in love with David Bell. He's They brought him in to do something. So it'll be interesting to see what that all looks like. As I said, if they can get – an opportunity where it's going to be bringing a, a, a better player that's going to help them. Great. New Hopkins makes no sense. Uh, I, I don't think Brandon Cooks is particularly realistic. And I, and I think there are too many teams out there that want, who are willing to give up more. Not, one of which is probably the Dallas Cowboys who were stupid enough to give up Amari Cooper in the first place. So there are just too many teams that need wide receiver help that are going to probably be more willing to give up assets to give these get these proven guys and are just going to outbid the Browns, which is fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be that upset if a team gives up a second round pick for Brandon cooks when the Browns got Amari Cooper for a fit. Oh, of course not. There's no question about that. You know, and then you just get some names that will hit free agency here. You know, a a Paris Campbell, a McCole Hardman, a Juju Smith Schuster. Is this something, they should even be in on Pete, or is this, hey, let me just go one more time, day three, find a guy with a nice athletic profile. I'm not going to put a lot on his plate early. If he does find a way to contribute early, that's great, but are we just going to find somebody that we think with time, with development, we could be talking about another Donovan Peoples-Jones in a couple of years? Well, I mean, price is everything. It's going to depend on what these guys want, what what's out there. The problem is because the free agent market is not very good, you're going to see guys get money that you're going to be like, why are they paying him that? And, and you're going to get the DJ Chark deal for somebody. DJ Chark made $10 million this past season for the Detroit Lions. And DJ Chark is a nice player. I think a lot of people, myself included, were sort of interested in him as a potential option for the Browns, but weren't going to pay that much to get him. So, Paris Campbell might be interesting, although I do have concerns about his ability to really threaten downfield. He's just really fast. You can get him the ball to do things. Uh, he could be that jet player in a lot of ways. But yep. 
if if somebody's going to pay them an obscene amount of money, again, I look at the Chicago Bears who have, you know, over a hundred million dollars in cap room or something like that, and no weapons. These are the opportunities where they may get overpaid to go there, and if they they want to do that, that's fine. Now, if one of those guys looks around and goes, "Man, Cleveland, Cleveland's got something going on with all of this, and I could be a part of that." then by all means, but it's going to be really tough because depressed market in terms of talent, you may see some really stupid deals come out early. Uh, I'll be very curious to see what that initial wave looks like uh, on those deals. And the, and the sticker price may be shocking for people and they're not going to pay a ton of money for that, especially if hopefully before free agency even gets here, they've locked up Donovan people's Jones to a deal. They've still got Amari Cooper. And at some point, and Najoku too. At some point, Deshaun Watson has to make somebody better. He's got to rise the level of the talent. It can't just be a situation where you're paying $230 million for the quarterback and then you're paying like $50 million every year for his weapons. At some point, he's got to make somebody better. Uh, there's no question. And, you know, that that is kind of you know, what the whole point is. And given the $238 million guaranteed is, you know, you were going to elevate a Michael Woods, a David Bell, an Anthony Schwartz, a Dalen Baldwin, uh, a Jalen Dardlin, any of these names that we have you know mentioned here. It goes with the territory. And, you know, as the $238 million man, you should know that. Pete, uh, AFC, NFC, championship games Sunday. Can't let you go without some predictions here. Thoughts? for the Super Bowl, sir. Yeah, I have a tough time seeing San Francisco beat beat the Eagles. Uh, their defense is incredibly tough. The line of scrimmage is If the game was in San Francisco, I'd maybe feel differently, but go ahead. But it's just – and Brock Purdy has been remarkable. But at some point it comes down – you know, if all these other things are relatively equal, who's got the better quarterback? It's the Eagles. And, and it's very difficult for me to be like – that's going to get beat. And the Eagles offense presents a whole lot of problems for any defense, let alone the 49ers defense. And the receivers are way better than the Eagles, uh, than the 49ers corners. AFC, I, uh, I'm totally biased in, in picking the chiefs. I can't, I can't deal with the, <laughs> the other, the other alternative. The one thing I would point out is in that Buffalo game, the snow really helped out the Bengals offensive line. The bills, who aren't fast anyway uh, on the line of scrimmage, just couldn't get anything going. If if the Chiefs are playing in a pretty you know comfortable field with good traction and everything, I think they're going to be able to put a lot more pressure on Burrow than we saw this past week. You know, Patrick Mahomes, it, it's going to be interesting to see just how healthy he is and, and what running around really means. But I think the amount of weapons that the Chiefs have relative to where the the Bengals have issues, namely corner, I think they can do enough damage where they're able they're going to figure this out. And and one would hope that the coaching staff of the, the Chiefs, having lost now three times, is going to be able to figure out something to either counter what the Bengals have been doing or is at least going to or, or come up with a plan that's going to give them some problems uh, and, and be able to 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 make the difference. I mean, look, the, the the playoff game between these two last year, Patrick Mahomes essentially lost his mind at the end of that game. Otherwise, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. If they can just avoid that, they should be in good shape. But, you know, the Bengals are a very good team. They're playing at a, at a high level. Uh, so that game's probably going to be 
be a lot closer than 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 uh, potentially the the Eagles 40, 49ers game is. Yeah, and my thing, and you know, the Chiefs have to realize that you know the gap is a lot closer than they believe it is. You know, last year, obviously. We talked about it, you know, left points on the board right before half. You threw a ball to Tyreek Hill that he ended up five yards short of the end zone. Um, have a little bit more respect for the teams you're playing. They should now with Cincinnati with all the damage Cincinnati has done to them over the years. It certainly seems crazy that we are now here just one year later and all of a sudden, you know, basically, you know, Kansas City might be the afterthought in this game as to the way this Cincinnati's playing right now. Cincinnati's last loss, Halloween, against your Cleveland Browns. Um, but it should be a good one. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I, I think the overall team play of the Eagles should be impressive. You know, we know that there is no issues now with Jalen Hurts whatsoever. He can be the two-way threat that he is. And, you know, between Burrow, between Allen, between uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, this is, you know, names that we're going to hear this time of year for quite a while. So it's going to be interesting. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest, S.I., Dot com. Make sure you're checking everything out there. The written work, obviously, a podcast once a week. Uh, he sits down, uh, obviously, with Bree. They do a fantastic job covering everything Browns. So make sure you're checking that out as well. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore myself, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Lockdown Browns follow back account. Uh, this is always, you know, as much as I would rather be talking regular games right now, you know roster structure building the roster free agency draft this is all the stuff that you know basically got locked on browns on the map so you know i i love enjoying talking about this i would love a lot more if we didn't do it till after february 12th but the job is what the job is this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound lgb on the lob let's go browns <laughs>